0: The truck! You are
1: listening to Wide the Truck! Are you ready to track It is time for your Nooner with Dooner. Hello, everybody. it has got a burning car of fire over there. What's going on, man? How's everyone doing? Your phone's ringing again this morning? Woke up yesterday, someone on Twitter, he pointed out, he's like, look, my whole fleet's down. We can't communicate with GPS or anything. It was like 530 in the morning. And um, I was seeing all these reports of the nationwide outage. And it's weird because I'm on AT&T and my wife's on AT&T. We have the exact same phone here in Chattanooga. Mine was fine. Hers was completely on SOS all day. It was uh, it was a big mess. They weren't the only ones that were hit with it. The Morning Brew had a report up. This is from a down detector. ATT had 74,000 reported outages. Cricket had 13,500. But that makes sense. I'm pretty sure at and resells to Cricket, so ATT is down. Yeah, you can show that's from the newsletter right there. Very cool. Go subscribe to my newsletter. Join over 13,000 people. Go to FreightWays.com slash WTT. We covered a lot of this yesterday in there. Verizon had 4,000 outages. T-Mobile had 1,900. A whole bunch went on at&t there's so much speculation online yesterday there was remember that russian they were like hey there's a russian weapon up in space that we're gonna tell you about the next day a lot of people were like oh Did it shoot its first blast? Did the CIA replicate a blast from that? Was it a solar flare? There had been two solar flares the evening, that evening. So a lot of people were accusing that. But AT&T says, based on our initial review, we believe that today's outage was caused by the application execution of an incorrect process used as we were expanding our network, not a cyber attack. We are continuing our assessment of today's outage to ensure we keep delivering the service that our customers deserve Live look at a, right now we get a live look at a mall outage during, uh, during this. Nobody knew what to do. You had to put on your medieval gear. Did you make it by, I asked the community if anyone here was impacted by this. We put a poll out. 26% of you said, yes, you were impacted in some way or another. Todd Campbell from Awaita, he said, it hindered my day and others. We couldn't make contact with shippers or receivers. Ghost said he had challenges on secure fuel applications. Kurt Schaefer said, yes, (laughs) in capital letters and three exclamation points. Ashley Smith said everything was down for them, navigation, communication, tracking. She says, are those enough? Working on the go, uh, posting availability, sending POD picks. So anybody with, like, remote workers, maybe remote truckers on the road that were hit like this, yeah, you were in the dark yesterday. I'm sure you're all getting caught up today. Uh, <laughs> Ashley Smith said also, none of the brokers with AT&T saw this anyway. That's a good one, Ashley. Hayden Harper actually said it was a benefit to him. Oh, no, it wasn't. He said, it distracted me every time. People kept walking by his desk, asking if he's heard about the sell adage. Lawrence Zeal says, two, the two-factor for authentication for your applications. And Zach Weber says he was locked out of truck stop and De. DAT yesterday. Some of the telematics providers also put warnings out there. FreightWaves had uh, Motive, SimSera, and Trimble are a few of the transportation tech platforms that reported issues warning customers of potential problems. These systems use sell your data to track drivers' locations, send messages, and dispatch information, meaning an AT&T outage had severed some of that communication. What's also weird is there there was a pharmacy outage going on at the same time, too. I don't know. What do you guys? You believe AT&T was just a botched upload? Chinese cyber hack? Space weapon? flare. I don't know. I guess we got to take ATT's word for it for now. Hey, Monday on this show, Flexport founder and CEO Ryan Peterson is going to kick off the show with us at noon. And there couldn't be a better time for it because they just put out this big news. Convoy. Somehow, Convoy has returned. It's been resurrected. Take a look at this tweet from Ryan Peterson. He says, Flexport relaunched Convoy's trucking technology platform yesterday, which would have been two days ago now. He said, we brought back some of the biggest customers, and on our first day live, we successfully dispatched almost 200 full truckloads to our driver network for them. He says it's a home run in the first inning. On LinkedIn, he added a little bit more context to this. He said, we tendered and executed almost 200 loads on our first day back with no human In the loop, totally seamless and automated for shippers. Maybe that's the plan. Go full automated on this Convoy tech stack they brought in. Really like to hear their plans. Bill Driegert said, we launched the Convoy platform, bringing this revolutionary market-leading technology back to the market, empowering small carriers and bringing new capabilities and capacity to our shipper and broker partners. Flexport's mission is to make global commerce so easy that there will be more of it, and we took a massive step forward in the mission today for our partners. I'm incredibly proud of what our team has accomplished in getting this back online and honored to be able to share this technology back to the market. And Dan Lewis, um, one of the founders of Convoy, said big day for Convoy's technology and and legacy. So excited to see it coming back to life. Like I said, Monday, Ryan Peterson will be here. You have any questions for him? Let me know. Happy to ask them. Happy to get some insight on this. Uh, Talk about their air freight right here. They sent me this jet. Talk about CEO in war mode. He's been back for quite a while now. Taking control, very exciting conversation we're going to have with them. But today's show, let's get into it, man. On episode 685 of What the Truck, I'm joined by Truck Parking Club's Evan Shelley and Autumn Transport owner-operator Chris Thomas. Shelly just spent over a week inside of Chris Thomas's truck. He runs truckparkingclub.com. He wants to learn how to solve the truck parking issues, see what other issues drivers have on the road, how he can make his truck parking facilities better. So he fully immersed himself in this experience. We're going to talk to both the driver and the CEO about what they learned from it. We got Will Jenkins. He's going to start off with us. He's back with his latest venture journey. This is a man who successfully built Molo and sold it for over $235 million, and now he's back to building. Why doesn't this man just go live on an island and angel invest? Because he wouldn't be the man that he is if he did. And now he's teaching people how to train, and we'll get his full story on this, and we'll find out about his journey. we got traveler Scott Cornell. He shares the insurance market perspective on industry issues. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Match 2024, stolen semi-truck that burst into flames, and much more. So let's tip the band, and then we'll get over to Will. I want to take a second to put these guys on your radar. Dynamic Logistics, because I got to say they're doing logistics the right way. Their TMS software is saving shippers a significant amount of time and money. Check them out at dynamiclogistics.com. That's logistics with an X. All right. Now it's Will Jenkins with an S, CEO and founder at Journey. Does it feel good to hear that?
2: Man, you are so funny. I was laughing the whole time that you were doing the intro
1: does <laughs> that did, did that feel does that feel good because last time we talked this was like still kind of in stealth mode we talked yeah. mostly about you know the molo journey and now we're on a whole new path here it's, it's got to feel good it does man you know it's
2: fun to to be able to build i think kind of like you mentioned I, I don't know that my personality is one that just is gonna sit and hang out and so um, you know, it's been enjoyable to get back in and and really reignite some of the relationships I've had
1: for years and build something from scratch again. That's where the fun is. Hey, you get it. Did you have any trouble with that AT&T outage yesterday? Did the journey get hit at all? I'm, I'm polling everybody I, today. T- Actually,
0: yes.
2: So I woke up and was like, what is going on with my phone? I had just, um, just gotten back from a flight and I got up pretty early. And I'm like, dude, I guess I got to go get a new phone or something like that. And whatever then I figured out that there was something going on for everybody so yes I was impacted I am an AT&T customer and
1: I got God you got God we all got God I think we're all back to good yesterday my wife actually she 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 all she had to do in the afternoon was like reboot her phone like hard reboot the iPhone it brought her back up but yeah it was it was a mess it was a mess here it was a mess everywhere now before we get into journey I gotta ask you a question from your past though some of your Mm -hmm. training your football days in the past back in 2011 you were voted the most improved player on your football team and i want to know what was the one thing you did that led to you achieving that goal wow my man has done
2: his homework so (laughs) between the 2010 and 2011 season that was my junior into my senior year strong team wesley's got a really strong football program um and you know, I took it upon myself with a handful of other seniors to really step up in the offseason and do as much training as I could to be prepared to, to take on the next year. So I was doing the regular strength and conditioning program. And then this was, I wouldn't say in the early days of YouTube, but it was where YouTube would still take a long time to load. <laughs> but I was going on YouTube looking at different, you know, def- defensive back drills, I played corner. So I would, you know, write down different notes and things on drills to do after strength and conditioning. So I was doing doubles during my off season in the spring. And then actually one of my dad's good, uh, good friends owned a CrossFit gym. So during the summer I picked up CrossFit for the first time and was in the best shape of my entire life, going to camp and just really brought the heat. I was more prepared than I'd ever been. And it was my last year playing ball. So I wanted to make sure that I came in ready to play.
1: You know, I didn't, I didn't bring that up just cause it's cheeky. I brought that in cause I knew it probably involved training. It probably involved dedication yeah. probably involves some tears and some blood and sweat. And now Journey is all yeah. about training, right? Tell us what this is. What What are you doing now?
2: Yeah. So Journey is a freight brokerage focused recruiting, consulting and training company. So most of the recruiting clients we work with are anywhere between about 50 million and a billion dollars in annual revenue. And we do really well with high level executive placements. So We've got some VPs of sales, some directors of sales that we've worked with and placed. Uh, we do really well with high level sales roles. And a lot of that is just the experience of myself and the team and building sales teams and understanding how to vet and find strong sales talent. On the consulting side, most of our clients are sub $100 million brokerages. We have a couple of 150 and $200 million brokerages, but a lot of them are looking to build process and scale their businesses. So you know, maybe they've never built out a sales team. Or they haven't had the opportunity to figure out what the structure looks like to scale their business or put the right processes in place to allow their team to go and replicate success that they've seen. And then on the training side, that's more just passion for myself. I love training, I love coaching. And so we have a standalone product today that people can license our training that we've built and then also add their own uh, training to it inside of our LMS. And then our next product that we'll be launching is called the Academy, and it's gonna be similar sales training brokerage style training that people can have access to, and then they can also network with other supply chain professionals. Uh, We did our first launch type event about two and a half weeks ago um, in Chicago, and we'll continue to have more happy hours, but we'll start to gear those towards educational content, bring in subject matter experts, and allow people who are part of the academy to really gain educational access to new things to help level themselves up.
1: Now, all right, so, Will, let's let's start here. Let's say, so let's pretend we'll role play a little bit. I'm an executive. I've been with the freight tech company for a couple of years, but, you know, we raised some money in 2021. We took in quite a bit. we're maybe a little overvalued. Uh, I'm starting to see some heads get cut around me. I have to cut some of my own staff, and I feel like maybe the bullet's coming for me next, or like, you know what, maybe I just need my next opportunity. What are you telling that kind of executive? Because I imagine more than a few are in somewhat similar situations in today's market.
2: Yeah, so a couple of things that I think are important are being able to take a look at the impact that you've had in an organization and quantify where it was and where it's grown since you've been there. So, what kind of processes did you build? What's the headcount look like? What impact did that have on revenue or profitability? And then being able to use that and kind of get out to the market and see what other organizations can use your skill sets. One of the things that I think we do really well is build strong pipelines of candidates that. Aren't necessarily looking, but would be open to a move, and then bring them the companies that aren't necessarily looking for that talent, but we're able to put them in front of them and say, "Hey, you could use someone that has the skill set, or could you use someone that has the skill set?" Put those two parties together. Um, but if you're in that seat today, trying to figure out, man, how do I go find my next role, or what do I need to do to put myself in a position to succeed? You guys are thinking about the impact you made, and also, which is super important, if you're in freight tech or maybe some ancillary space, or you're in brokerage and you want to go check out something that is not directly transportation related, a lot of what you've done is applicable, but you need to be able to quantify that and talk about the story and the impact. So don't pigeonhole yourself into one specific thing. We've had quite a few candidates that have moved from freight tech into brokerage, brokerage into freight tech, things like
1: that. Interesting. So what what's lacking in the market? So why Journey? Why What is lacking on the recruiting side that isn't giving these executives the placement they need or the service they need or, or doing the matchmaking that they need?
2: Couple of things. I I think that if you're looking at building a team, we want to talk client side. You know, we've really spent a lot of time understanding the ins and out of ins and outs of what an organization looks like, and then being able to use that so our skill set and expertise can align them with the right types of candidates. So, I'm not afraid to ask a lot of very um, poignant questions that might be somewhat challenging to attack in the beginning. And I think that that puts us in a better position to go and recruit on behalf of a company uh, because we have the full picture. So, Hey, you know, what does your training process look like? What does it look like to build the team out? You know, what challenges are they going to encounter? What hasn't worked previously? And so these companies that we work with are very open because we ask direct questions and that allows us to go get the right types of people. And then on top of that, um, I think that I've had a unique vantage point having had the opportunity to build and scale Molo. And so I've seen an organization at $10 million, $50 million, $100 million, $500 million, a billion dollar company, right? Very different stages. The types of talent that you go and get at those stages, vastly different. The leadership you need, vastly different. The style and skill set. So I think we have you know, a unique vantage point of what it looks like to go and go find the right types of talent. Um, regardless of size of company.
1: You know, it's it's interesting because I've had the experience now of being at Freightways for just about coming up on five years, you know, startup, getting older startup that's been uh over here. We've been through a lot of changes and everything, but I noticed like a big difference in the company from like 80 employees to like rapid growth up to 160. And then an even bigger one, we went remote. And like it's it's sort of so an executive reached out to me yesterday and he was looking to hire someone and he was like because the guy worked at freight waves he must have assumed i had to know him and i was like no sorry buddy like th- this remote world i've never met or interacted with the guy once and this has to take so much training because it's so easy for people to get lost through the cracks what are you teaching people now how are you sharpening that blade what skills need to be brought up and what do you specialize in
2: so interesting that you asked because on the consulting side a lot of what we end up working through is preparing executive teams to execute these processes and trainings right so we'll sit down and say hey What is your value prop or what's your go-to-market strategy? How are you differentiating who you are and what you do? But from that, right, we can do as much work as as we want, but we got to pass the baton to them to go and execute. And that execution is dependent upon how well they communicate. So... What do you do on a weekly basis to prepare your team to go out there and sell your product or lead your operations team or nurture relationships? And what I've noticed is there's typically a pretty big gap between what the executive leadership team or an owner might want to see happen or what they're proficient in being able to do, and then what the frontline leaders are able to go and actually act out, or just what they're prepared to go execute. And so we're trying to bridge that gap to allow people to say, hey... If you put the right processes in place with the right training and the expectations, and then you continue to communicate that to your team, it's easier for them to go execute and you, for you to feel good about what they're doing in the market, but also feel good about the results that they're going to get because they're prepared to go perform.
1: Will, speaking of teams, by the way, shout out to uh, Morgan. Fellow, fellow go. Well, actually, she's all over the place. I don't know if she's a fellow. Yeah. She's like a person of, of the world, but I, I'm seeing yes. you building your team. What's your philosophy? What's your own philosophy in-house? How are you building the team out now?
2: Yes. So shout out to Morgan. She's incredible, and she is a fellow Chattanoogan. Uh, she bought some. That's not. That's not Morgan. That's 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 Will in Columbia. I'll ask him that yeah, next, guys. That's okay. Um, so she bought uh, some some uh, Chattanoogan whiskey for us in um, the team when we had uh, an on-site here in Chicago, which is really cool. Um, but my philosophy for building the team is trying to go find people who are coachable, people that obviously have the ambition or the drive to go and create something special or to contribute to something that they believe really really deeply in and Morgan is that kind of person from the first time I met her. I was like, man, you've got this really infectious energy. you are extremely passionate. you just love life so much like she loves to travel she cares a ton about what she does and I was like, we could really do some cool work together. And I think that same thing about the rest of the team, our head of marketing and PR, her name is Erin Sweeney. Her and I went to college together and you know, share a lot of the same values in terms of just how we think about approaching life, the things that we both feel matter. Um, you know, If you're gonna do work or contribute to anything, you should do it with the highest level of integrity and passion. And you should only do it if you're willing to do your best work. And I think every person on our team approaches it that way. Uh, same with our head of ops, her name is Maya, um, came from, we're well, not from the industry, but I've known her for the last seven years and we would always talk back and forth on, um, gosh, we gotta figure out a way to find, uh, you know maybe a business that we can work on together. And she just you know dove head first into um, you know, helping to build all three facets of the business, recruiting, consulting, and training. Um, I've never been around someone that's just more capable of producing high quality work um in a short amount of time and not be afraid to just tackle it. And so I think about that when you go build a team, especially a startup, gotta have people willing to roll their sleeves up. And you want high character, you know, high quality individuals um that are not afraid to go and do something on their own. And maybe it'll be wrong or maybe we got to tweak it. Um, but that that doesn't discourage them for from trying.
1: Now you you were just looking show that picture again. He was looking phenomenal in you. Colombia, you looked, you looked great. You were in your best linens uh, hanging out there, your best white linens. I have a linen Hot, shirt like man. that. They're great. They get a little wrinkly, though. Yeah. But I got to ask you, what did you learn about nearshoring out of that, and how does that interface with sort of like the training and what Journey does?
2: Yeah, so I um, have a great relationship with uh, Robert, Kadena, uh, David Bell, and the Lean staffing team. Um, we actually had, and, and Molo has um, some people with them, Um, So I had an opportunity while I was there to help scale that team and and build that group out. And I just learned a lot about how successful that business has been. And I saw firsthand what they were able to do uh, to help us as an organization at Molo. And so I've remained um, really close with both of them. I've learned a lot about uh, how their business works and, and really just business in general. But for me, when I think about a small organization or a larger organization trying to compete at scale and provide high quality talent and to be able to continue to grow that business, but manage your costs effectively. There's a ton of benefit of being able to do um, work with a company like Lean. And I've had a great experience with the quality of candidates and really the the depth of services that they can provide. I also think it allows you to be very agile and ramp up quickly um, because they're constantly recruiting, right? They're constantly adding people to their team. And so if you're thinking about, hey, how do I scale up quickly or how do I get people? They're gonna be high quality and also, which is a benefit, you know, typically speak more than one language, Spanish, English, maybe another one. Um, you know, it's been, it's been great to just learn that, but it was cool um, at that event. I've also been to four or five of their masterminds and they're always action packed with incredible speakers on that Damon John this year. Um, I took a ton of notes. It's just really cool to learn while I was down there
1: Uh uh-huh oh hey good we have like one guest couldn't couldn't make it so we have a little bit extra time because it's good i had a few more questions I extra time i know i was just about to wrap you and i'm like i got like five more ten five or ten more minutes with will now uh chris is already here waiting for evan to come but travelers couldn't make it we'll rebook them those of you who just tuned in for travelers i'm sorry you'll have to catch them next time but here we're talking so much about learning and i know for me that the the most i've learned is from my biggest losses the the hardest the hardest things that have happened to me have have forced me to have to learn and grow what's one of the hardest lessons that you've had to learn okay so i'll give you two so
2: the first one is is probably um, during my time playing college football so you go from playing in high school where you know you're one of the top players on the team it's a smaller environment and you used to make an impact every game, every play, like you're the person you're like, man, I'm the guy, right? And then you get to college and it's like a team full of the guy. Like they were all really good in, college, in high school um, and you get humbled quickly. And so I had to work incredibly hard to get the opportunity to start and to make an impact on, on the team and really grow as an individual. But Not starting my freshman and sophomore year were really really tough to deal with right like not seeing the field as much as i might like yeah you travel with the team and you play special teams maybe you're on some packages but you've got to come back to the drawing board with the same level of effort the same focus if you want to make an impact you never know when your time is going to be so that taught me how to be humble but stay hungry and then actually i wear this necklace it's uh, my brother's football number, 28. So he played football in college as well. I went to Illinois Wesleyan. He went to Augustana College. I won't say they're rival schools, um, but they're in the same conference. And so obviously I couldn't go to Augustana, but my brother um, was diagnosed with cancer when I was 23. This was summer of, of 2013. Um, and, and I watched him you know, battle and really do it with so much grace and just such a strong mental attitude. And it taught me so much about appreciating what I have and making the most of my opportunities. I can tell you, like, I would never want someone to, uh, to have to go through that. He passed away in November, 2017. Um, but it taught me so much about life and how to be appreciative and make the most of what you have. And so I think about, you know, that every day. I think about how challenging that was, but it made me the person that I am today. Um, you know, having to battle through that adversity and say, if someone that you love dearly can teach you this in their darkest toughest time like all he was always there for other people mentor kids played semi-pro football like if you saw him you'd never know he was sick Um, but he taught me really so much about how to persevere and just make the most of what you got so those two
1: things kind of shape who I am well, well hey well thank you for sharing that too that that couldn't have been easy and you know bring, bringing up memories like that and everything but obviously have a lot of love and respect for uh for your brother and obviously um your, your family over here man. Thanks, man. I appreciate
2: that. I mean, I, um, I, I'm not shy to share it because it is at my core. Like I wear this, I never take this necklace off. This is his charm. Like it was his, he wore it. And so it's a really big deal to me. And so being able to actually like tell that story and explain like why I am so passionate or, you know, I, I definitely have an intense personality. Like I care a lot. Um, but I do care a lot because I understand how finite and, and, you know, how finite life can be and how short your time may be right not to be uh you know i guess too morbid but, but like you, you just you don't know you gotta appreciate what you have and so experiencing that at a young age i think matured me really fast um but i will always remember the lessons that i learned because it you know made me who i am
1: what You know, you've been through a lot and, you know, you can make excuses and, 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 and use those as reasons not to do something. So let's help out the people out there, especially in like their 20s, maybe early 30s. They're thinking about starting a company. They've been in that brokerage office. They've got an idea, but they're scared, right? They want to have oh, their yeah. paycheck. They're not sure exactly what to do. What advice would you have for the entrepreneur to be out there? So I had a
2: conversation with a really, really good friend of mine about this um, like a week ago. And I keep, I kept thinking about, you know, I, I left Coyote when this would have been January of 2017, At a short stint with Transport America, and then the opportunity to co-found and then start building Molo. But we launched Molo in July of 2017, just like five, six months after I left, left Coyote. And I was the same person fundamentally then, you know, July of 2017 that I was in January of 2017. But... I just had more confidence in the ability to go make decisions and figure out the way to kind of choose the right answer, but know that it wasn't going to be perfect. And so if you're sitting there thinking, I'm not sure if I can do it, or I don't know if I'm smart enough, or if I've got the right resources, know that there are so many things inside of you that you're capable of doing. If you just take the leap and you're not going to have all the answers. And that's part of the journey. I'm still learning stuff every single day. I've got mentors that I work with people that tell me things that, I just haven't had the experience with quite yet. And that keeps me going. But you don't have to have all the answers to get started. You do have to get started to start to learn that stuff. Um, so don't let your lack of experience you know, discourage the ability to get started because there's people with less experience, less resources, um, less talented than you, just chipping away every day. They're getting better. You got to give yourself a chance by getting
1: started. Hey, let's talk about uh, conferences for a minute here. I personally, Ooh. I remember when I was in sales, I found them very... Good, but at the same time disruptive. And you put an interesting meme up, and it was uh, it was something to the effect of how sales reps or sales reps attending uh, conferences, well, their book of business is crumbling. How do you maintain that book of business where you got to go to events, you got to stay busy, and you got to build the network while also selling the network?
2: I think it takes a lot of preparation prior to the conference to make sure that those one to three days are worth your time. So we had the opportunity to go to Manifest and then I was down at the Mastermind event with Lean. And prior to that, you know, you prepare the team for conversations with clients, you make sure that at least in our world that candidates are still moving through the cycle. But as a brokerage, right, are all your loads accounted for, built, scheduled, ready to go? Have you communicated with your customers who their points of contact are? Do you have the right people in place to quote and continue moving opportunities forward so that you don't miss them while you're gone? But also you gotta be strategic about your time at the conference. So who do you wanna meet with? Who are the shippers you wanna see? If you are a broker or if you're a freight tech provider and you wanna talk to brokerages or different players, like who's gonna be there and have that planned out before you arrive. And then also you're gonna have a backlog of emails, a ton of different stuff, gotta get up early, You know, plan a couple hours throughout your time there, to step back to your room, answer some emails, take some calls, and then get back at it. But a plan of attack, both with who's going to handle your book and then who are you trying to see strategically and you know what opportunities do you want to move forward while you're there is really the only way to make sure you get your bang for the buck because those things are they're not cheap, cost a lot of money to be at, they cost a lot of money to travel to, but um, you want to make sure you walk out of that with a couple of contracts, a couple
1: of new opportunities. If, you, if you're wearing a suit to the event, pocket square essential or no? I mean, if you saw any of my pictures, you'd
2: know the answer is definitely essential. I think I think it definitely steps up the fashion game and, and keeps it fun. So I'm I'm all in on pocket squares.
1: Now what's the right fold? Because I like I just like I my wife folds it for me and I get there and then it's the next day and it's just like I just okay. got I just stick it in there. It looks terrible.
2: Check me out. So this is not a pocket square. It's like a little uh cloth to wipe my glasses with. Yeah. But trying to get this right, I gotta go this way. So I like to go kind of in half if I'm going to do the square like so. There we go. And then now I'm in the pocket. You can do like that. Or you have it and you go in a bit of like a triangle like so. Doing this. We're doing it live. There you go. Okay. So now when it's in there, if it's multicolored, you can pull up one of these and you got the
1: different colors out there. So that was impromptu, but I hope somebody took notes because I know that was good. I just took notes. I need I need to refold those things. Now, two two last things okay. before I let you go. First of all, you've become a content creator. You've entered a freight meme contest. Here is one of your freight memes. Do you think you're going to win this <laughs> thing?
2: <laughs> That's my favorite one. That's my favorite one by far. Uh, you know, I'm feeling really good about that one. Actually, I would like to take credit for the freight world catching on to Mark Zuckerberg being awkward in that corner for that UFC match. Cause I found that meme and I was like, this is amazing. And I used it uh, in the context of someone, you know, sitting around reps and having no idea what's going on. So I'm feeling really confident about the opportunity to win this creator meme contest. I think I'm doing well right now.
1: I don't know if that thing's happening. I think I'm hosting the event. And so obviously that one's already on my radar, but will, by the way, do you have kids? I do not. No, no, I do not have kids. I was going to ask – because I was going to ask – I just saw this shocking chart about Tooth Fairy like payment inflation. I was just curious what you put – on. what do you think you'd put under the pillow?
2: So I feel like if I remember when I was getting some cash, it was never more than like a couple of bucks, right? Like it's got to be like between $1 and $2. I don't think my parents were putting like 20s under the pillow, but – is that what kids are asking for nowadays? I'm sure it's
1: it's up to. So it's up to five dollars and eighty four cents is the uh, the U.S. average for tooth fairy payouts. You know, tooth fairy payout inflation is going crazy. It is, man. It's not talked about enough. It's not talked about. No, enough. it's crazy. It's not. OK, well, speaking of content creator, you have made a podcast. Uh, I think you're on your second or third episode. Tell us about the show and how do people go and find it, too?
2: Yeah, so the name of the show is Chopping It Up. We are currently on Spotify and YouTube. We're on the Journey YouTube channel, and we have a Spotify account where we post everything. It's been really cool. I've had some cool guests on, people that I've known for a long time, some people that have just recently met. Uh, we'll probably drop an episode twice per month, and then as we continue to get into a, a nice groove, maybe a little bit more frequently. Um, but that's been a lot of fun, man. I think there's some cool stories out there from leaders. Transportation, sales, freight tech—maybe not exactly freight related, but people that just understand the space that we're in. And so it's nice to be able to just sit down in a relaxed environment and have some people kind of share their their backgrounds. It's been it's been a blast.
1: Now, how competitive are you? Is is the is the goal to crush Andrews the Freight Pod, your your former co-founder? <laughs> no, I wouldn't.
2: I'm, so first of all, I am incredibly competitive. So we'll just start there. Um, but no, that is not the goal, man. I just want to be able to tell some cool stories. Um, they're doing some great stuff. I've had some incredible guests. There'll probably be some overlap between strong leadership and whatnot. Um, but I mean, yeah, I'm super competitive. So I do want the podcast to get a lot of views and a lot of ratings. Um, and, and we've gotten some cool feedback so far. Hey, Will, thank you so much. How do people reach out to you? How do they connect? So, I'm very active on LinkedIn, um, Will Jenkins on LinkedIn. I'm also pretty active on Twitter at Will Jenkins WCJ. Um, my email is will at journeydelivers.com. And then our company pages are rather active as well. All of those social handles are at journeydelivers with an S at the end. And catch me on LinkedIn. It's probably the easiest place to reach me.
1: Very cool. Hey, Will, thank you so much. Congratulations on Journey. Your new journey, not to be too cheesy. And uh, be cool out there, man. Appreciate it. Thank time.
2: you, man. We love a good pun. Thank you for having me on.
1: Take care, everybody. All right. Meanwhile, nice work. All right. And we got a video of our next two guests. Nope. <laughs> yeah, that
0: one. Okay, guys. Here we are up on top of the mountain looking for truck parking, truckparkingclub.com. No spot too far, no spot too big, no spot too small.
1: Hey, that was you right there, Mr. Chris Thomas. How you doing, buddy? Uh, Chris, did you mute yourself? Fraser in the back says you muted yourself, so I can't hear you.
0: Yeah, there we go. Very 2020. We're back. Yeah, so I yeah, just got home last night. I'm up here on the ridge. Uh, my, that's what I call home here, just much like uh, some people have a fun name for their place, but I live on the ridge here in Kentucky, Moorhead, Kentucky. I just got home last night and chilling out, you know, after a good three and a half weeks on the road. You
1: you and these truck parking guys are like the Kentucky Mafia now. I think Hunter's up there, right? Isn't Evan originally from up there? You're from over there?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, something else. Kentucky is uh, one of the fastest growing states in the uh country and all it shows that everywhere you go you can't stop talking about it you can't get away from us
1: we're waiting for your uh your better half to get up i don't know evan just texted me is something wrong um guys in the back can you deal with evan uh chris and i are having a conversation live on air so please just email him or see if you can get in touch with him chris what do you what have you been up to today before we bring evan up we got a big story about how they rode around in a truck but what have you been up to today Did you get impacted by that at&t outage yesterday
0: no, I have Verizon, but, uh, you know, it seemed like a lot of people were having some issues. I think we were having some ELD issues, connectivity issues, so I kind of wonder if our backbone there with uh, that isn't AT&T. is just kind of glitching in and glitching out, but, you know, that was a kind of a wild day. There was a lot of people I couldn't get a hold of yesterday, so I just assumed that they were, you know, part of the outage, but that was kind of a, kind of a wild time there yesterday. It seemed like everybody was freaking out there kind of early in the morning.
1: Oh, cool. And I just sent the guys in the back uh, Evan's phone number. They should bring him up soon. Now, for those who didn't met you, you sent us an awesome Christmas gift. You've been on here a few actually, – actually, I think the last time you were on, Evan was on here too. But those who haven't met you, owner-operator from Autumn Transport, what lanes do you run? Where are you going around the country?
0: Yeah, so I'm a pneumatic operator for, for Autumn Transport. We do dry bulk, uh, liquid, different kinds of end uh, dump hopper freight um i run all over the place i i pretty much go anywhere everywhere u.s and canada you know um i've been there since 2010 uh running that type of equipment you know um been in the same truck for 11 years i'm not walking around in a truck stop or rest area today looking for the best service like i was back in november when i was on so that's been a big change but you know uh i'm friends with these guys the police advise guys old, old reed over, over there and all them fellers uh and I just get on the internet and lurk and X and talk trucking and talk uh, about life and just having a good time, man. That's Chris, you're
1: boycotting, you boycotting you're boycotting New York? You know, there's that big rumor. that, And I know we covered it on here, and I know I debugged it, but I'm just curious. Like, I've been boycotting the New York Yankees as a Red Sox fan my entire life. So that's as much as I can give you.
0: Yeah, so, you know, I mean, I don't go to New York City. Uh, there's nothing really out there for a dry bolt tank, thankfully. I think we actually have some lanes out on Long Island. Thankfully, I don't do those. Uh, I'll, if they come up, I'd have to. You know, if it makes sense, I'd go out there. You know, I've been out there a lot over the years. I used to run out to JFK every night when I was at FedEx and uh, did that quite a bit. So I'm, I'm glad I had that experience to go out there, but I'm glad I don't have to go out there. Usually the closest I get anymore is Yonkers um, or drive through there, trying to get around there and get up to the northeast. But uh, I was just actually up in western New York delivered my last load yesterday. Before I come to the house and, you know, kind of got teased by some guys about being up in New York, thought I was uh, crossing the line there. But now it's, uh, you know, it's all good. There's a lot of good people up there in New York City. I don't I don't really think that the uh, the boycott, the boycott's going to have much impact on it. You know, I've I've seen these uh, trucker protests come and go for years. And while, you know, I, you know, spiritually, I might support some of them. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they're not going to have a big effect on the industry.
1: So they're working on Evan in the back. I don't know. He's having some kind of technical difficulties. So let's get into the story with you in the interest of time. How did this all come together where you're like, hey, I'm going to have a truck parking club CEO, Evan, jump in my truck. And how many days were you guys on the road for?
0: So we, he hopped in the truck with me on uh, Thursday and was on until the following Friday, the, the, the next Friday. So eight days. I dropped him off in Charlotte. He hopped on uh, with me in Las Vegas after the Manifest conference. And uh, it was just a great trip. You know, we had met up actually, uh, was actually hanging out with Charles Gracie in Chattanooga. And we went out and and Evan met us down there in Chattanooga. And I think we were just kind of drinking a little bit and having some conversation. I teased him. I said, why don't you just hop in the truck with me next year? And, you know, I think that I seed there. I planted the seed there in his mind. He kind of jumped on it, you know. And then uh, when I came out to Vegas to join him, he said, you know, I can hop in the truck, you know, when I leave Vegas because I have nothing going on. And at the time, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I haven't got a seat in the truck yet. But, you know, I mean, I, I got a seat in the truck. I put it all in there, got everything back in there. I haven't had a, a passenger seat for several years. So, uh, no, I got it all put together and I'm glad I did. It was a it's been a great it's been a great experience.
1: It, like, was he good company? What did you from the trucker side to like sort of the corporate CEO side? What did you learn from having a suit next to you?
0: You know, it's, to me, it's kind of amazing to just see how far the world has come. You know, like I I started trucking in 2005, you know, I think I had a a, a Razor flip phone at the time, right? That was the, the hottest craze back then. You know, you really couldn't do anything in a truck. I remember when iPhones come out and how, how big of a change that was and the internet's just got better and connectivity's just got better and now you don't have big black areas of no service across the country right you don't have the blackouts like in Wyoming and Nebraska used to go across there and there'd be no service between cities and so Evan's there basically running his company running his entire operation right there from my passenger seat and just a really really smart guy really great guy that can just he, uh, he's building an amazing team over there. I don't know if he talks enough. I don't feel like m- m- many people know. Truckers don't know. He's got quite a few truckers working for him. Uh, Tracy and Customer Care is a trucker, and I've talked to her. And she's just a great human being, just talking to her. And, you know, it, it's, it, it's the reason they're so successful is because they're building a culture there. You know, it's not just a transactional feeling. They're building a true company that cares about the truckers.
1: Now you mentioned you didn't even have a seat in this truck. Did you have like a bed for Evan? What were the sleeping arrangements for you guys?
0: Yeah. So I've always had a, a, a upstairs bunk, uh, you know, so I just threw it, took and kind of took some of the stuff out of the truck, threw a mattress in there, threw him a sleeping bag. Um, I was going to put a seat on the truck this year. Anyway, my kid, my youngest is getting a little older. I plan on taking him out in here this summer with me. So as he can ride along now with the insurance and, uh, so it was a good time just to go ahead and throw all that in there. Um, I did that the weekend before, uh, I took off the, to out West to get them. So, uh, then that here at the house, um, How, how old's your youngest? Hey, oh, Harlan is nine. And that's the, that's the kid that had your hat on there and just loves a uh, love the what the truck name for obvious kid reasons. It sounds like something else, you know? Uh, <laughs> and so yeah, he's, uh, he's going to be out here on the road with me this, uh, this summer, then that's going to be a. I think that'll be another fun adventure for for both of us.
1: Well, have you heard about the Tooth Fairy inflation? It's the national average is five dollars and eighty four cents now. Are you over or under that? What's or is the Tooth Fairy? What is the Tooth Fairy leaving him?
0: man i feel like i feel like that kid gets so many robux and, and minecraft coins that you know <laughs> we don't have to we don't have to implement fictional uh uh money giving things throughout the year he's just all he's already tuned in he's like hey what can i do to get this what can i do to get that right so he's, he's going to be driven when he gets older to chase after what he wants which is uh exciting
1: now, Chris, when you are over the road, so I don't know how many times Evan has done ride-alongs, and we, we do hope he can uh, connect with us. I heard he's switching to another device. There he is in bed, by the way. This is the gentleman we're looking for. He's not asleep right now. We got this picture of him. He looks, uh, he looks pretty cool right there. Um, what do you have to pack for this? Like, what did you tell Evan to bring with him? Did you get to stop at, like, washing machines, laundromats? What was life on the road like?
0: So he had had all of his laundry pretty much done out there when he was in Vegas uh, before he got on the truck. So I had all of his luggage, you know, had his gear. You know, one of the things he was concerned about was whether I had, a, you know, a, a power source to charge all of his electronics, which I do. I, I actually carry a battery generator around and pretty much keep it charging on 12 volts all the time while the truck's running. That way I can unplug it and have a hotel load for the weekend to charge my own electronics. So I had that i got a fridge freezer in the truck we kept some drinks and stuff in there he uh, kind of got the king of the road experience i would call it you know because it's not it's not uh, you know we stopped and, and i guess spiffed up the stops a little bit more than you normally would you know i probably eat a little bit less uh or eat a little bit more frugally when i'm out in the road more sardines and stuff like that but uh no he had a good time it was great it was a great experience for him i think it was the first time he'd ever really been on a truck you know, and definitely that long. And, you know, for anybody that wants to take and, and do a ride along, you're not going to get much experience out of a four hour, even a day, really. So to get out that many days, he had a, a good exposure to all the different scenarios that, you know, you're going to run into every day with the trucking.
1: Did he have to, uh, did you use any truck stop showers and, and any survival tips for those?
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, we stopped at several, uh, pilot and, uh, Iowa 80 there at the, uh, the world's largest truck stop. Um, I always say carry shower shoes with you, you know, because otherwise you're going to get some funky fungus in there, maybe. Good chance of it. They they do a good job cleaning those. So, you know, some are probably a little bit cleaner than others, and you can tell that, you know, truckers know when they walk in. But I always, always do uh, showers. Um, I always try to fuel up and plan ahead so I don't have to pay for the shower. I also like to usually try to... Pay where I park at, you know, at least to something. I usually spend a little bit of money if I'm parking at a mom and pop or something like that because they're a business too and they have to stay in operation. You know, that's kind of why we've lost so many small operators over the years because, you know, truckers have been going to Walmart and stuff and not spending any money at the truck stops at all. It's almost a point of pride, actually. You know, truckers will say that, and I don't spend any money at the truck stop. That's just wasting my money. And then, you know, at the same time, we lose these truck stops and we lose these facilities that serve us. So you know, that's a little bit of my philosophy: is you gotta, you kind of gotta help your ecosystem.
1: Yeah, we hear that with a lot of uh, TAs; they're just they're just going straight to microwaves. They're taking the restaurants out. We have Evan with us. Evan, you must be on AT and T. I'm not
3: actually. I don't know what's <laughs> going on, but I tried multiple devices, and I I just cannot get the video to come up. You Sorry, know, gosh. we
1: were. We were just talking about you. Chris was giving some great background on your journey and everything, but now we can hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Why did you jump in the cab for 8 days with a with a big man? I mean, he's a beautiful man, but a big man like Chris.
3: <laughs> yeah, so um, you know, I think the best way to really learn um about the problems, you know, that are going on in the industry is is to get in the truck, right? I mean, w- why wouldn't that just be a common thing that you know a, a executive on a team would do is is go out there and see the realities that that truckers have every single day and i i uh, you know fortunately know know someone like chris that that's uh nice enough to let me ride along uh and, and kind of experience
1: the day-to-day that that comes with being out there on the road what was eight days like have you ever spent that long in a truck before what surprised you about it what like what what did you learn out there
3: well, I mean, with the van, we, I, I had a little bit of preparation going in. I, I We've spent a lot of time in this van traveling across the U.S., so I, I did have a bit of a, a, a kind of similarity to that, but not eight days with someone else in a truck. Um, that was definitely a, a, a first, um, but it was, it was great. I mean, Chris is a really cool dude and, and just very even keel, so it, it really – you know, wasn't, uh, all that, all that big of a deal, to be honest. I mean, we sat, talked for hours and hours about all kinds of different things and, and learned a lot about each other and the industry and, and things that were going on. So it, it was, it was an awesome experience.
1: Chris, you, uh, you're with the CEO of truckparkingclub.com. You must not have had any trouble any night finding parking, did you?
0: Yeah, there was one night there, you know, where, uh, I was coming back into, uh, I-80 there at Ogallala, Nebraska. and it was kind of getting in a little bit later than I probably wanted to just the way it, the day went out you know and um I was kind of looking to the east there and I was wondering you know I had a little bit of time left to run and I knew if I got over the North Platte and there was nothing you know it's kind of questionable so I decided to shut down a little earlier I, I kind of we were coming through there down to the interstate and I'd eyeball the parking lot behind a restaurant that had some trucks in it and I was like I bet there's a spot over there so you know I was probably one of the tighter times you know um and I was just Kind of uncharacteristic of me, just to not plan my day really that that good, but uh, I I had a feeling we'd get down there and find something. But uh, you know, I started looking at one of the apps, and just everything was already full. You know, it was kind of surprising. It's a, you know, it's kind of been that way for the last couple of weeks. There is a lot more trucks out here than there has been uh, the past few months prior to this, and it's uh, it's showing up. You know, there is a lot more trucks out here, whether they're trying to move freight or they're actually getting some freight. That's definitely showing up in the parking.
1: Evan, do you, do you gain weight on the road those eight days? I always hear it's so much—it's so much trouble to find food. What was your diet like out there?
3: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we, we kind of just ate whatever was available. I, uh, there's not always a ton of options, you know. A lot of times, it's it's popping in somewhere and, and just like <laughs> I think one time, what was it, Chris? Uh, it was like hard-boiled eggs, uh, protein bar, beef jerky. Uh, I just like, there wasn't really any food made. I think it was like some burnt pizza. Um, so we just pieced together like a bunch of different things, which I think, uh, Chris and I are pretty similar. Like we can kind of eat anything. Um, doesn't really matter. So, uh, didn't, I don't think I gained any weight. I think we ate pretty reasonable. I think we had a couple like splurge type meals, but for the most part, I think we, you know, did a, did a pretty good job out there. Um,
1: but there, there are a lot of times where there aren't great options. We have a I think we have a video of you two waking up early in the morning. can you roll that clip?
3: What's going on? Good morning. what time is it about six <laughs> it's, it's,
0: it's uh yeah
3: or is it going time it's a
0: little bit before the sun's up yeah I think it's getting back in the truck and get get our get our balls warm. What is it 20 uh, about
3: 20 degrees right now about 16, uh, 16 degrees okay, right
0: the now mountains of utah
3: got parked at the truck parking club location there's the there's the old rig we're gonna pre-trip and head out here in the next hour or so yeah super bowl super bowl
1: Super Bowl, waking up early, enjoying the Super Bowl, keeping your balls warm in the truck. Evan, what are you gonna take away from this this trip? Like what's your biggest takeaway on how you can improve your own company, truckparkingclub.com, and in turn the experience for drivers?
3: Yeah, yeah. It was it was a fantastic experience, and I think it made me see a lot of the realities that drivers face every single day. And I think for me specifically, truck parking club specifically got a really good idea of just how short we are on parking. Um, there is so much more out there that we can do and create, you know, thousands and thousands of more locations across the U.S. It just, just more, honestly, more fuel on the fire, more inspiration for, Hey, like we're on a mission here. We've made a small dent in it now, but we've got a lot of work to do. And this trip just really cemented that in into my mind. And, and now we're uh, going to continue pushing forward and creating more, truck parking all across the U.S.
1: Any advice for other CEOs? I know you've encouraged other CEOs. This was a transformative experience online. Uh, you've posted that. What advice do you have for other CEOs who are looking to get in a truck? Anything they need to make sure to bring with them? Um, and just any survival tip? Get that, get that iPad
3: with some data on it. It's (laughs) going to be a requirement. (laughs) It's going to be a requirement if you're trying to run your business at the same time. But I I had a little, a little workstation uh, fixed up, but I mean, for the most part, pick the right person you're going to ride with. I, I, I mean, we, so Chris, incredibly smooth, smooth sailing. Uh, like he's an amazing dude. So it's just very smooth. I would say, if I had to guess, you know, it wouldn't always be quite that smooth eight days in a cab. So just pick someone that you know you can, you're gonna have a good time with, and like it's gonna be a great experience, and and uh, just go enjoy it. I mean, you can't plan for everything, right? Like you, you. I mean, I guess you know Chris and all drivers know that well, and, and it's the same thing. Just go out there and get it. You know, don't think about it too
1: much. Just have a good time make it happen. Hey, Chris, I got a question for you. Re- Rebecca Brewster from @try posted, I've said it before and I'll say it again, the lack of available truck parking is a national disgrace. You must do better by the men and women who deliver this nation's economy each and every day and provide safe places for them to park and rest. However, there were a couple comments that pushed back and I wanted to get your opinion on this. Millennial Trucker said the lack of truck parking is nothing but a lack of planning ahead by the driver nine times out of ten. True or false? I mean, it just seems false to me before you even answer because, like, days get disrupted so Often in in freight so even if well the best laid plans can lead to disaster to begin with but what do you think about that statement
0: yeah i I mean i think i don't think that's a correct statement you know there's you know you can plan as good as you can sometimes and you're just going to have a whole host of issues that could pop up any day do i have any problems i mean i've been doing this for 19 years this year and it's yeah, there's still, there's still days that even I plan really well and then you got to stop really early, but you know, if you're sitting on a dock, you know, you're stuck there. The customer comes out and kicks you off their property at 1030 at night. Where are you going to end up at? You're going to end up the first place you can first shoulder. You can hit at a parking rest area because, you know, let's say like Cincinnati, Columbus, Cleveland, there's no parking after eight, nine o'clock at night, it's gone. So, you know, there's just not enough parking. That's just plain and simple. There wasn't enough parking in 2005. There's definitely not enough parking in 2024.
1: Uh, you know, even when you do park, yeah, let's go to good news, bad news. I got a couple stories I got to throw at you boys. Good news, bad news. Good news, bad news. Uh-oh, it broke. All right, the wand is broken. The uh, the bumper is on AT&T as well. That solar flare has, uh, has taken down travelers. Some of the... This- there we go. Oh, yeah. The pros in the back. Thank now you, the gentlemen. Bad news and good
0: news.
1: Okay. Roll this tape right here. Roll this clip. Chris, take a look at this. Evan, you can't see it, but what we're, what we're looking at is a semi-hauling ass down the road. Pulling a uh, CMA CMG twenty behind them, KTL KTLA reports the owner of a stolen semi truck that burst into flames during pursuit in Southern California is less devastated. The victim is Edward Guardardo. He was driving from Los Angeles back to his home in Bakersfield when he decided to make a pit stop and fuel his truck at a gas station. The uh, container his truck was carrying was fortunately empty at that time. But at the pit stop, someone jumped jumped in his truck and uh, they rode right away with it. He said they saw him he had his back turned away there's nothing and was not looking at what they were doing and they just took advantage of him the male suspect was robert rivera 25 he quickly got spike stripped this chase went over on for over an hour it ended on the 210 uh the truck went on fire there's now a GoFundMe for this truck right it's stolen um the suspects on a hundred thousand dollar bail how do we prevent this chris like is it you just gotta you can't leave the keys in the truck right you got to stand there when you're fueling
0: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's just situational awareness wherever you're at. You know, there's a lot of places you could go probably leave the door open, you know, leave the key in the truck even. And and you're never going to get stolen. But if you're in a high theft area, let's just say like Florida or Texas or Southern California, you know, there's there's a lot of theft rings down there. Honestly, even Indianapolis, I remember back in the day it used to be. I don't feel like I don't feel like they want to steal. A pneumatic tanker that uh, very often, but strangest thing is we totally had one stolen this last week. So you just never know. You never know who's out there looking to to take your equipment. You know, take the key out. You know, if you're dropping your trailer, put a kingpin lock on it um, because there's a lot of theft out there. It's just plain and simple. There's a lot of uh, criminals out there looking to make a quick buck and don't be the low-hanging fruit
1: especially in California, there was another story this week of a car carrier that was stolen that was loaded with Corvettes. The guy had just gotten out of prison again at a truck stop. He just sees the truck laying there, sees the keys in there. So like, look, the guys, the thieves are aware, like they may get caught. It may be stupid, but it's going to Ruin your day. Now, Evan, this is a this, my next one's a good one for you. Um, Gatego has bought themselves a Cybertruck. They also bought themselves the Apple Vision Pro, and they have put Gatego logos all over this. Now, you know a lot about wrapping up a vehicle. You've got the big truck parking club van. Um, you think it's a good idea we start corporatizing the Cybertruck? And will we see a truck parking club adorned, wrapped Cybertruck?
3: That is so funny. We're literally looking at doing the same thing. That's so cool. Uh, good for them. Uh, yeah, we we wrap everything. You know that you gotta you gotta market. If you believe in your product and you believe what uh, you stand for, and that you, you truly believe you're delivering to your customer an amazing experience, like Truck Parking Club is, yeah, you want to put it on everything all the time.
1: I think you got to wrap, uh, and then you can write it off, right? Really cool. You can write off your Cyber Truck. <laughs> i don't know i don't
3: know about all that <laughs> uh, refer refer to your your uh tax tax consultants for that
1: no guys it's uh geez less than a month away in fact yeah it's less than a month away today's 223 matt is coming up i know we're all gonna be there it's gonna be an amazing time it is march 21st to 23rd in kentucky i'm rolling up there with evan chris i i, I don't know if you'll be in the van i'm sure we're gonna see you there right chris
0: Oh, yeah. I'm going to be there in my truck, be parked over there in the free truck parking area. I'll be there until probably Sunday morning sometime and then head back out on the road. But the family's coming down Friday night. It's going to be a good time. I hope they have everybody there in my state. We love to see everybody come to Kentucky and experience a little bit of the good life.
1: It's going, to be a, it's going to be a blast. We're going to do two live What the trucks from there. We're going to get a ton of stuff from the floor. I was looking at the itinerary. There's, like, tractor pulls, a truck beauty pageant. Some of our friends have sessions over there. Evan, are you, uh, you doing a session out there? I thought I might have saw Truck Parking Club on there. Um, that's a good question. I think Hunter might have actually
3: signed me up for something uh, that I don't. Uh, really know about yet I know he mentioned it to me I don't know if it's like a formal thing I may I may be talking about it but I do know for a fact we have a lot of uh, fun things going on there at Matt's including having the world famous dinner uh, hang out with us for a few days and uh, a lot of it's uh, we're, we're keeping it a secret till we get there but we're, we're gonna have a good show as you guys know Hunter Hunter likes to put on a show um, He he's he's worked very hard on it so it, it's gonna be cool to see it all come together
1: Wow! So even I'll be surprised when when I get there. Yeah, I, I. He he's not even telling me some of the things we're doing. So he he loves it. I mean, he's it's uh, it should be a good time. That's juicy. Do we know where like our booth is located? I don't know if like people are that aware of like the map of like mats. I know I'm not. I haven't been yet. I've been to GATS.
3: Yeah, yeah. So we're in the West Wing. Uh, we're we were uh, very close to the West Wing that we were at last year. We're actually going to have the van parked in. Uh, just a, a couple booths down from us uh, at 64232 in the West Wing. And then 66232 is where our main booth is. We uh, I think we have like a 20 by 30 booth there um, that we're going to have a bunch
1: of fun stuff going on at all day, every day. So uh, that's, that's us. What's the longest you guys got stuck at an unload during this? Cause you were moving live loads. Chris, what was the longest you got stuck?
0: I feel like we were, uh, yeah, probably. Uh, there, just it wasn't too bad. He actually, we everything went really smooth the uh, the entire time. I think the longest we might have waited was an hour for a, a customer to come out and actually acknowledge that I was there with their product, and then it was a couple hours to unload that. That was the first load that we delivered up in Nevada there, so it wasn't too bad. He he had a really great experience as far as not getting to see the detention time that sometimes <laughs> rack up
1: well how would you guys feel about this roll this clip right here this guy dancing how about lumper fees were resolved via dance off maybe they don't have it it's the last one the last clip the one right after there we go all right here we go how about we resolve lumper fees via dance off pro or con For or against
0: it Lumper dance off, man. I'm I'm for it. I, I could I could do that all day long, y'all. I could beat him.
1: What do you think, Evan? Yes or no? Lumper fees wow. via dance off.
3: Uh, that's quite the video I'm watching that right now. That's uh yeah,
1: I don't I don't know. I'll Door will
0: the oh, right there, fun. then. That's totally, I don't think OSHA would approve of that, but uh totally dig it.
1: Well hey guys, thank you very hey, much. Thanks for it. joining us on What the try. Find Indie Trucker online. Go find Truck Parking Club, Truck Parking Guy. Uh, hit the music. We'll get out of I think we went a little over time. Maybe they already did hit the music. I'm not even sure. But guys, guys thank you so much. It's been a crazy week with at and shutdowns, New York boycotts. Thank you for sticking with us. We'll have Ryan Peterson back here, a good friend of mine, Colin McClelland, as well, on Monday's episode. You can find me on Twitter at Timothy Duner. Find the show at FW What the Truck. Take care, and don't be a stranger.